Hi, this is Dr. Randy Bach. Um, <clears throat> today is August 24, 2022, and I'm here with a coronavirus conversation for you. Uh, I've been doing these a couple of years now. Um, and back when it was originally COVID-19, people still use that as a term of art, COVID-19. I think they have the same apprehensions, a lot of the general public, um, that they might have had when it was a brand new, relatively unknown illness. Although, as we've spoken about before, the Diamond Princess should have told us how dangerous it was and was not. Uh, separate day, another topic. Um, I, I meet people at work, uh, patients and so forth, who are still working under, under you know, a fear that uh, I think was aggrandized during the course of the uh, early stages of the pandemic and has not really been kind of walked back adequately for people to understand that this is uh, kind of a new, uh, you know, kind of sheriff in town, uh, one that is very vastly different, or in this case, probably a new criminal in town, uh, an invader, who one who's vastly more mild than the original version. Uh, to that point, I've written an article, uh, which I'm going to go over. Uh, I, I'm rather short on time today, so I apologize if we don't go on uh, too long. That, of course, might be a benefit, uh, you know, a, a, a feature rather than a bug. Uh, but I have an article, and I, I you, maybe you can help me with the title. Uh, I had it as COVID-22. Uh, now I'm calling it Corona-22. Um, back uh, in the day, in I think the 60s, there was a movie, The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. I think it's a Jean Le Carré book originally. Um, and it has to do with uh, the Cold War, East Germany, uh, you know, so how we're implanting a spy over there. Um, but in this case, uh, you know, trying to come up with uh, something catchy, you know, the cold that came in from the spy or the cold that came in from the sky or something like that. Um, anyway, uh, I, I've, I'm trying to put it out to um, news outlets and or uh, uh, journals and so forth. I've gotten a rejection from the New England Journal of Medicine already um, because they uh, they're only uh, about, uh, you know, reporting uh, uh, new data and so forth. I, I, I kind of think this is new data in a sense um, uh, because it's not really known generally by the population and even uh, vastly amongst the medical field. I um, hang out at some of my uh, groups. I belong to a, a congregation and, uh, you know, a couple other uh, kind of civic groups and so forth. And one of the people I hang out with is an MD, MPH. And he works in the uh, Massachusetts uh, Department of Public Health or associated with them. And he's like, you know, vastly uh, terrified of, of all the things that can happen to all of us. And he's completely masked all the time around people and has his, uh, you know, teenage um, children do the same when they're really and they've never been at any you know, substantial risk from any of the coronavirus uh, variants, including the original ancestral and the meanest version from uh, 2019 and 2020. Uh, so I, I, th I think that, you know, the information is out there, but frankly, it's, it's been mischaracterized. Anyway, uh, without further ado, as they say, uh, I'm going to um, uh, present my piece and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I might read from it. Um, so here it is, Corona 22 or the cold which came in from the sky. Uh, you know, bad pun. Um, I'm trying to think Cold War analogies uh, brought in from the cold. Um, anyway, so let, let's have it. A few weeks ago, the Washington Post announced uh, President Biden, uh, doubly boosted, is in a much more favorable position to fight COVID-19 than President Trump was before the rollout of vaccines. So NB NPR elaborated, even if you're the president, it's hard to avoid a breakthrough COVID infection. And both these articles uh, label 
President Biden's uh, infection as COVID-19. So a uh, simple, you know, I announced the date earlier on, it's 2022. Uh, this is clearly not COVID-19. The 19 refers to 2019 when it was um, either, you know, developed or released uh, or first seen in uh, China, Wuhan, China. Um, and it, it kind of hit the, uh, the West, as it were, um, starting early 2020. Um, we all know that many, excuse me, we all know many individuals who have been vaccinated and boosted yet still get infected. Uh, in this case, um, you know, President Biden has had probably uh, three at least vaccines, maybe four versions of the same COVID-19 vaccine, yet they still get infected. How does that happen? In essence, because original COVID-19 no longer exists outside of laboratories. I mean, that's probably how we got this one from the original SARS 2003 in China. Uh, it was kept in a laboratory and played around with the gain of function tests. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Populations have built immunologic resistance through exposure, vaccine, or both. And an interesting sidelight uh, is, I guess, from 2004 or so, uh, maybe the 19, late 1990s, uh, there's a C-SPAN uh, video that I'd only just recently heard that states, frankly, the truth. Uh, Dr. Fauci uh, associated with the truth in this case. He said, uh, uh, with the flu, <laughs> influenza, uh, natural immunity is much stronger than vaccine immunity. And we would never, ever vaccinate somebody who's already had the flu. Uh, this contravenes his later information. And, and it's really funny because USA Today uh, had a, a fact check, as it were, uh, to go over this. And they say, well, flu, blah, 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 different coronavirus, uh, I don't know, different, different. And, and there's really no way of covering this over, papering this over. Uh, natural immunity has always been better than uh, you know, vaccine immunity. Natural immunity, again, is like uh, if your dog lived with you uh, and he lived with you for you know a couple of weeks or months or years or whatever, and and he had to find you uh, in a you know a group of people, uh, versus uh, you know one of those you know kind of sniffing dogs that gets a piece of your uh, you know undershirt or something like that and has to find you. Uh, who's likely to be more reliable? As well, as good as those sniffing dogs are, they're going to make some mistakes because you know smell, uh, sweat, and so forth, and to you know find that distinct sweat amongst hundreds of people. But a dog who's lived with you knows your your walk, your talk. Uh, the way you move, uh, probably the way you know you, you breathe, and so forth, and 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 knows your appearance. Uh, so that full immunity gives you the whole panoply of experience about a virus that uh, a single you know single one cent of the spike protein can't. Um, so let's see what else. Um, so yes, at this point, you know I think everybody's immune to ancestral COVID nineteen. How do we know that? Well, ancestral COVID nineteen is not circulating anymore. Uh, that should say uh, uh, something about it. I mean, there have been other strains and the, the strains, you know, vaccines are always mutating. Um, everything's mutating and, and vaccines, excuse me, viruses, sorry about that. Um, they're just little strands of MR, you know, RNA or DNA. Um, and they make mistakes, you know, when they re replicate themselves. And most of the mistakes are going to just disappear because they're not effective. They're going to be bad versions. I mean, if you make, you know, most mistakes when you're, I don't know, building a car or something like that, most of them would be rejected. Every now and then somebody might make a mistake that would make a better car um, or one that's adapted better to the population has already bought the other cars or doesn't like the other car or whatever. Um, imperfect example, I apologize. Anyway, um, so, so you know, we've been through all these Greek letter strains, alpha, beta, you know, I think soon there was a gamma. We didn't hear about it, delta, uh, kappa, and so forth. And, and they've been out and around and they keep coming one strain after another because your population builds up some immunity and then 
they have to change their, you know, basically Halloween mask uh, so that you don't recognize them anymore, change a little bit about their features uh, so they can still get in and cause their problem. Um, and I'm going to kind of make another analogy as we go on here. Uh, so populations have built immunologic resistance through exposure, vaccine, or both. With time, certain COVID-19 descendants via mutation found gaps in those defenses to become next generation, but milder. And this is true. Each generation has been milder for the most part. Variants of concern, VOC, as the WHA calls it, for instance, Delta. A friend of mine I was uh, talking with the other day, he was outdoors, now mentioned his recent episode identical to the president's. I asked, you know, if you had no memory of, of COVID-19, uh, how would you really describe your illness? Because he said, oh, I had COVID-19 recently. And he's like, well, not much. A bit of cough, you know, some achiness for two days. My wife had a fever of 99, basically a summer cold. So, you know, it's, it's kind of disputable whether, you know, a temperature of 99 in the summer is even a, a fever, but there you have it. So, you know, this would not have been something uh, uh, for which to write home um, in 2017 or 1999 or whenever. Uh, people would just call it, say, I have a summer cold and there are fall colds and there are winter colds and so forth. Uh, so, but here I get my article, but the president gets a summer cold isn't news. Uh, these Biden articles aren't fake news, the, the ones I mentioned up here, the Washington Post and, and uh, NPR, um, but they do beg the question, um, which means a specific thing. That means uh, when you um, bring up something that's arguable in, in your statement. Uh, so people think it means bring up a question, but begging the question is a particular logical fallacy. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like, when did you stop beating your wife? You know, that's begging the question. Well, I don't beat my wife. It's like, well, when did you stop beating your wife? So you have to accept the wrong premise in order to answer the question. So the wrong premise here is that, you know, it's COVID-19, frankly. So in declaring his illness COVID-19, it's not completely the press's fault because public health authorities, including, say, my friend, purposely keep outworn COVID-19 in their lexicon and the words they use. We propose, that's my proposal, that the we propose that the vastly milder illnesses emanating from, and this is the official name of Omicron, uh, the current Omicron is 22B Omicron BA.5, uh, and its successors deserve rebranding. From a science standpoint, this 22B part reflects discovery in 2022, not the year 2019 where COVID-19, you know, what the actual virion is called SARS-CoV-2, kind of like HIV and AIDS. Uh, HIV is the virion, AIDS is the illness, COVID, you know, SARS-CoV-2 is the virion and COVID-19 is the illness. At any rate, there's, this is quoting an article, a science article. There's no transparent path of transmission linking Omicron to its COVID-19 predecessors. I could, you know, link through to this article, but um, I'm going to uh, maybe put that in the uh, comments. Genomically, Omicron's gap from second wave VOCs, variants of concern, exceeds theirs from the ancestral. So this is kind of a small drawing and I'll maybe expand it later for you. But basically, here's the ancestral version. Here's Omicron. And gen genomically, the number of mutations, Omicron has more mutations, is more mutations away from these second wave variants, the alpha, beta, delta, all that kind of stuff, than these are from the ancestral. And, and, and overall, Omicron is, is much further away from the ancestral than all the other ones were. So the alpha, beta, gamma, delta, kappa, blah, blah, blah. All those kind of Omicrons, excuse me, all those um, uh, SARS-CoV-2s that were circulating around uh, in these kind of second wave of COVID-19, as it were, really COVID-20 or 21, they, they were, they're all 
very similar to each other. Omicron is, is far different from all of these. And this is not my quote. This is from a, a microbiologist. Omicron is almost like an orphan without close relatives on the COVID-19 tree. Its genes just look so different from the other COVID-19 genome sequences. Medically, and this is from, uh, where is that from? That's, that's actually a quote from NPR. From Emma Hodcroft is the uh, microbiologist, and, and Nicolene Duclef wrote this. Um, so medically, Omicron is less lethal than influenza. It's really verging on the lethality of a common cold. Now, a common cold can kill people. You know, if you're elderly, I mean, it used to be called that uh, pneumonia was the old man's friend. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you get pneumonia? Well, it can usually start from a cold, turns into bronchitis, pneumonia. So if you're in a bad situation, I mean, you can have your kind of death triggered by a common cold. Most people won't, obviously. Um, so COVID-19 testing may not be specific to SARS-CoV-2. So when we get a COVID test, you know, you think it's for COVID-19, but it's frankly probably for any coronavirus. And it may overlap with common cold coronaviruses, a point reinforced by positive COVID-19 testing despite o Omicron's obscure lineage. So what I'm saying here is that Omicron is really not that closely related to COVID-19, but it's still showing positive. So this is probably in the realm of the common cold coronavirus. And I'll get to that in just a second. So if Omicron's not a direct SARS-CoV-2 descendant, it may just be an uncommon common cold. Before 2003, before SARS, uh, original SARS-CoV-1, um, they didn't call it that, they just called it SARS, from, also from China, coronaviruses were known exclusively as common colds. So this is here, I um, linked to a textbook. Um, and uh, moreover, it, it's the, it is the, uh, the second most common cause by type. The common cold is never in routine medical practice individually identified type by type. We don't do all the testing when you have a, a sniffles and whatnot because it's just a sniffles, nor is it tracked, discussed, tested, let alone bureaucratically and governmentally and legally acted upon. So the, the, uh, here is, is, this is cut out from, um, I think, a Harvard um, uh, description of the common cold, but it's similar in, in textbooks. Uh, the, the second biggest type, the rhinoviruses are the second biggest known type, excuse me, the first biggest known type of common colds and coronaviruses are number two. And, and you know, there's there a bunch of that never get identified. And then there are a bunch of the other virus, adenovirus and you know, influenza B and RSV and all this kind of stuff. But coronavirus has always been, when I went to medical school, we, we thought of coronavirus as the common cold. That's it. Um, and, and so here we have Omicron on the lethality scale. It's an order of magnitude, frankly, probably more than that, um, less lethal than the ancestral version or any of the other um, kind of second wave, so forth. Um, now, th this is from the Financial Times. They kind of talk about uh, vaccinations and boosters and whatnot. This is probably just a coincidence because people are getting naturally immune along the way and they're seeing all these other strains and whatnot. And plus, Omicron is probably just unrelated. So these, let's say if this ancestral version is the dangerous one, and these are similar in, in their genetic makeup, they're, they're 20 you know, mutations away. Omicron, 50 mutations away, is just not the same ballpark. And again, so there were lots of coronaviruses before the ancestral version, and there's, there's no tell. We didn't really test for those. We didn't follow them that much. There's no reason to think that Omicron, which is not a descendant 
genetically of the ancestral or these is not just a regular common cold. Uh, and that's what it should be. Uh, so Omicron, nonetheless, is considered COVID-19. Omicron warrants valid reassignment as common cold or baptism as Corona-22. Again, you put in the name that you think is better, COVID-22, Corona-22, common cold-22, or just common cold, corona, common corona, removing dangerous but disappeared COVID-19 from the active lexicons. So much confusion would be eliminated by Omicron's simple rename to Corona-22. Current infections would no longer incorrectly be deemed COVID-19 vaccine breakthroughs. This is an important point. We keep talking about breakthroughs. This is idiotic. It's not a COVID-19 breakthrough. COVID-19 vaccine covers COVID-19. We're not having COVID-19 right now. We're having some coronavirus completely unrelated. This is not a breakthrough of COVID-19. I don't know how to make that clear. The booster could be memorialized for its prior COVID-19 contributions, such as they are. I think I do think they helped the elderly in the first wave and probably into the second wave, while it removed from Corona-22's pharmacopoeia. So that is, we would not be using this you know, COVID-19 vaccine any longer to treat something that is unrelated to Corona-22. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines, ipso facto, by that fact, are not Corona-22 boosters. No one gets a, a, like a three-year-old flu shot injected today. If I did that, it would be malpractice. Uh, COVID-19's vaccine could be retired as no longer matching the current variant of concern. So we would get rid, if we call this Corona-22, we could just peel away that old vaccine. As a side note, uh, retirement of, of, of treatment has occurred routinely with monoclonal antibody therapy, MAT. Each one is phased out as its own variant disappears. So there's a, there was a monoclonal antibody for alpha, when alpha disappeared, they got rid of the alpha monoclonal antibody. When beta came, they made a beta one. When beta disappeared, they got rid of it. This makes perfect sense. Basically, monoclonal antibody is an injection of the antibodies that you're going to make, make yourself by the vaccine. So uh, here I say this maybe clearly, I hope. Vaccines in MAT produce the same monoclonal antibody, re produce the same results, spike protein antibodies. Yet, while monoclonal antibodies therapy's shelf life coincides precisely with its matched variant, the unchanged ancestral 2020 vaccine has persisted. So is that clear? Uh, the COVID-19, we keep giving that thing out when, when all it's doing is giving us the ancestral spike proteins. The monoclonal antibodies are, are updated for each one, ancestral, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, kappa, and all that kind of stuff. They made a different version, at least for some of those, probably not for the ancestral, but for the once the variants became you know, more rampant, they made each one, but they, they got rid of it. They didn't keep the ancestral one. They would not have given, given monoclonal antibodies to the ancestral when you have Delta. So the ambient fear factor would downwardly recalibrate to Corona, Corona 22 Omicron's tenfold diminishment in lethality. We'd have closure for the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's an important point. That day will eventually come. Why not now? COVID-19 societal roadblocks would contextually achieve obsolescence. That is, these would all seem even more absurd and we get rid of them because there's no COVID-19. Once we have closure, we say that's all done. COVID-19 is over. It was over a long time ago, but we would now say it. The masks come off figuratively and literally and absurdities such as requiring next year, you know, this upcoming school year's pre-K students in Philadelphia and in California and elsewhere to be masked would more easily be counter litigated. Um, we begin to appreciate how common cold coronaviruses got there in the first place by the same in like a lion, out like a lamb pathway. 
interestingly, this last point might help elucidate some of the others. Instead of lions and lambs, let's look at wolves and poodles. Both of them emanated from some now extinct wolf. I don't know how many thousands of years ago. Current day wolves can be as, as dangerous as they choose, a little bit like original SARS and SARS-CoV-2 to an extent, having no investment in human health or happiness. From their own sanctuary, they take human life with no remorse. The poodle's sanctuary is us, basically. It's humanity. It's, it's you know, we never talk, you know, talk about the, 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 you know, never bite. It's foolhardy to bite the hand that feeds us. Uh, my dog might try that now and then. He might nip but that's not going to work out in the long term. And if a dog did that on a regular basis, that dog is not going to be hanging around people very much. And uh, we don't even want to think what happens to it. Um, by analogy, Ebola, influenza, and the original 2003 SARS have animal reservoirs in which to retreat and regroup. And thus they could be as vicious as they want to. So people may or may not know this, but flu uh, resides in pigs and some of the avian flu, chickens and whatnot. Ebola, I think, is in bats. Uh, the original SARS was in bats and they say pangolins or whatever. Um, and so they don't need us. So the, the common cold is more like the poodle. Its viral success requires keeping human hosts upright, semi-functional and sneezing. Hospitalizations and deaths interrupt the chain. So if the virus is, is like Ebola and knocks you over, it doesn't transmit that well. We, we always get, hear the Ebola fright, but we never see it go anywhere because, you know, people step away from the crater that, you know, the, the explosion that is Ebola. So humans react to the virus, not just on a personal basis, but on a group population basis. So a strong perimeter, a good defense makes sense against wolves, but not against poodles. There are influenza, but no common cold vaccines. Now, mind you, Pfizer is making one for Omicron, but as a tweak of its COVID-19 shot, so, it, so as to keep it under the emergency use authorization umbrella, EUA. So long as the operative disease virus term remains COVID-19, the EUA, this emergency use authorizations, you know, liability reduction, pharmaceutical company enrichment, and political leverage remain. H.L. Mencken, uh, you know, cynic uh, writer, um, I think journalist said, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. So, whether governments had valid reason to bring fear into, in, in 2020 is, is arguable, and we're going to leave that aside. But really, frankly, there's no reason now in 2022. The EUA, as the gift that keeps on giving, prevents any turning of the page from COVID-19 to Corona-22 or some other rational resolution, just as the Orphan Drug Act's main purpose these days is government-enforced market exclusivity. So th this is kind of an obscure point. Um, I'm going to leave that aside. But, you know, basically a lot of government sinecures are not necessarily to benefit you. They're to benefit the, um, the pharmaceutical companies. And it's arguable that the EUA at this point is, is benefiting Pfizer and whoever else, uh, you know, Moderna and so forth, who are making these virion uh, vaccines. And, you know, they, they were long outdated and they kept being given over and over again. So the, the logic of, of getting rid of the MATs, the monoclonals, is fine. I agree with that logic. You have the beta monoclonal for beta, you get rid of it when beta is gone. Delta, you have it for delta, you get rid of when delta is gone. If they have one for Omicron, I don't know if they do, you get rid of when Omicron is gone. But the, the, the vaccine is doing the same, giving you the same monoclonal antibody, the same exact one, but for, only for the ancestral version. And, and that, by the logic of MAT, that should have long been gotten rid of. 
But since we have the EUA, which, mind you, has prevented and did prevent you know, reasonable treatments from coming up, because the vaccine could not have had the, the same kind of green, 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 green light uh, successively if there had been reasonable treatment. This has been you know, a, a positive and negative. We got a, a vaccine much quicker than anyone would have predicted. We're still waiting, for instance, for the Zika vaccine seven years later. And so we got a, a, a coronavirus, COVID-19 vaccine within a year, and that's awesome. But, you know, it, it, there, there are usually, um, you know, negative results. Uh, what is it? Uh, every uh, road to hell is paved good intentions. At any rate, uh, stipulating honorable intentions. These two laws have nonetheless outlived their usefulness by virtue of creating pharmaceutical sinecures, which are kind of special licenses or permits with, for money, without enduring benefit to the populace. This is not a reasonable or legitimate public safety purpose to behave as if COVID-19 is still the major threat in 2022, nor that the COVID-19 vaccine is still necessary. So that's my uh, point. I'm sticking with it. Um, uh, I'm probably going to, you know, maybe stick around for a minute or two to explain this maybe. Um, but I think that, I think, you know, for the most part, it speaks for itself. Uh, the EUA uh, was, you know, a real boon. In, in bringing a vaccine uh, to, to being. Uh, I'm not a legal expert nor a governmental expert to give you every line of the EUA, but my understanding is that it exists as long as that you know we need the vaccine as the sole treatment. Uh, I think that was in large part keeping ivermectin and HCQ off the market or actually out of you know doctors' uh, um, you know kind of pharmaceutical pharmaceutical armamentarium um, so as to um, make it, you know, maintain the essence of emergency that people were, uh, you know, naked and afraid uh, of the ancestral version absent a vaccine. Uh, I, I don't think that really is logical. Uh, when we think about HIV, if we had waited only uh, for uh, a vaccine, uh, we would still be waiting. Treatment was the, um, the way to go for HIV. It is the way to go for HIV. And, you know, if, if um, you know, as far as Zika goes, I mean, there's prevention and so forth, your mosquito prevention and so forth. I, I personally don't think it's that all that. I don't think it was that dangerous. Um, and I, I think there's some, you know, lack of validity of the original Zika microcephaly theory. But leaving that aside, even for those who are still on board with it, uh, there are lots of things to do that are short of uh, vaccination. But once the EUA was in place, it kind of paved the road that vaccination is the only thing. And once they invested all that time and effort into it, they're basically going to uh, try to milk dry every dollar they can. Uh, the interesting thing is for this new kind of tweak, the Omicron uh, vaccine. Now, mind you, there have been no vaccines for the regular common cold. And Omicron probably would have been just a common cold, as I said, if it showed up in 2015 without coronavirus testing. Um, so I don't think there's any real need for it independently. But even so, if, if you have not gotten any of the original vaccines, they're not even going to give you this one. They want you to catch up with the COVID-19. It's kind of sell all the, um, you know, the back inventory that hasn't been sold for the COVID-19 vaccine. So I want you to be an alert uh, consumer uh, and up to date on this. And maybe you can pass this along. And I hope this uh, alleviates some of the fears about Omicron, uh, which is, again, at least an order of magnitude less lethal than the ancestral version, probably similarly uh, to the second wave ones as well. So people get it. And uh, again, some people will die. I get it. I understand that. As far as that goes, as far as the, the, the lethal data, um, I pretty much stick with European. I mean, there are a lot of people in Europe. I think there are more people in Europe than the United States overall, and they have different governments. So there's 
different ways of tracking what, whatnot. The U.S. has had kind of a higher death rate from Omicron than other countries. I don't think this is Omicron. I think this is the way we are recording things because there are all kinds of incentives about recording uh, any number of deaths uh, with a COVID-19 um, diagnosis, both politically and economically. Hospitals get benefit. Um, a lot of patients will have their deductibles disappeared, uh, removed if there's a COVID-19 uh, diagnosis. Anyway, so that's all I got for today. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. Let me know your thoughts. I'm happy to provide links uh, and or um, a copy of the article if you'd like to review it. If you have a place where you think it might get published, that would be even uh, better. I appreciate that very much. Um, and I think that's it for today. So thanks so much. Uh, go oh, By the way, go buy my book. Uh, it's Overturning Zika. It's on Amazon. And uh, if you buy it and leave a review, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Uh, a good review is even better. And if you've purchased it, you know, you show up as a verified purchaser. Uh, thanks so much. Have a great day.